Hey there, folks. What do you know? It's the Uticast episode 294. And joining us this week, our very good friend from Oneida County Tourism, the one and only four-star Sarah Foster. As she joins us this week to talk about, well, she got engaged. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the A to Z food tour. And we're going to talk about the weekend because she is the number one weekend fan that I know. And people seem pretty torn up about the Super Bowl performance. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, also this week, we're going to talk about stimulus checks, we'll talk about Jeff Bezos, we'll talk about ghost kitchens, we'll talk about history lessons, uh, all of this, folks, and, and so much more. Uh, a great episode this week, a lot of fun, and as always, we are ecstatic to have you here with us for another week of the Uticast, which starts... That's why I wasn't a drummer starting out. I wanted to play drums originally, but they were too, it was too expensive to get into the game. It's the last instrument I learned how to play. The very last one that I like went out of my way. Your most me. recent instrument. My most recent instrument. Mm -hmm. And it's no joke. I'm a, I was a singer. I was a guitar player. I played the bass. I can noodle around on a keyboard and play the synthesizer. But, <laughs> I, uh, but drums is the most fun instrument there is to play. It's not even a question. I, I, I'd rather play drums than do almost anything for like a short amount of time on instrument-wise. It's the most fun. You should get a drum set. I'm not very good. You've heard me well, play. Well, that's because you don't have a drum set. Like, that's the thing with playing drums is more than any instrument you're going to play, drums is such a physical experience. Like, mm -hmm. there's physical endurance required to be swinging your arms around and kicking your feet on the pedals and everything. If you got a set, you'd be good. This is going to sound real stupid. I, when I was playing drums all the time, when I was in New York and I was mm. playing every week, uh, you know, maybe sometimes twice a week for like three months in a row. That's when I got yeah, my, yeah. my one set of getting chops, my one run. <laughs> mm. uh, I got to a point where I would stop counting, mm. right? Where we just start playing and I'd be feeling it, mm. right? I'd be like, oh, here's the run. Are we going to do a change? We do the change right here? Oh, I'm going to build it up. Oh, here, you know, I was just feeling it. And I was like, mm. oh, yeah, this must be, this must be what it's like for people all the time who are really good, right? Like, it's like out there. That's been uh, my one blessing as a self taught musician has always been that I've never really counted i don't feel like i have to count unless i'm doing like some weird stuff like we play a rush song in the band where there's like a weird passage where it's like seven eight through the whole middle and i've got to count that or else i get lost but so so i'll give you a good one drums right i learned how to count because i played saxophone mm. and when you play saxophone or yeah, play yeah. a woodwind instrument or anything like that how do you count in like the band like in jazz the, band orchestra yeah, in school exactly how do you learn how to count you tap your foot so my preferred method of keeping time at any given time is tapping your foot, which you cannot do with a drum unless you're going to be playing four on the floor bass drum, kick drum all the time, which I do all you the gotta, time. <laughs> you got you to get the rhythm in you. So it's one of the few instruments I play where I actually physically at the start had to count out riffs in my head. Mm. Being like one, two, three, four, two. And like, I'm like not even listening to the rest mm. of the people. I'm just like, I'm going to count this out 16 times and then change... And that's I, not fun. I feel like the trick would be listening to the people because you know when it's going to change because you know when you hear the verse go into the chorus. Or not when they're relying on you. When you're doing that jam kind of thing. Go together. Was, yeah. You got to go together. <laughs> uh, so there you go, folks. Another two and a half minutes of music chat here to start off this week's episode uh, of the Uticast. Episode 
294. Uh, Kevin Sullivan here, as always. Yes, uh, yes, checking in. Uh, Sam Pamelaro, your host, producer, whatever. Uh, joining us this week uh, for her first time since September 23rd, mm. 2019. Mm-hmm. I can't believe it's been that long because she's a pretty recurring guest on the show. Uh, our very good friend from United County Tourism, uh, Sarah Foster. Mm-hmm. Four-star Sarah Foster. Four-star Sarah Foster. One of the best. Always good to have her back. See what she's been up to. She's, uh, I always say this about Sarah. This is like a Seinfeld, uh, like a Seinfeld type thing. Great, great talker. Great conversationalist. Mm. I don't think I've ever had a bad conversation with her. Oh, yeah. Never had a, never had a moment where you run into her and didn't have anything to say. Mm-hmm. She's good. She's ready to go all the time. That's what you like on the podcast. She's uh, on, ready to roll. And of course, she's here today to talk about United County Tourism, but the real reason she's here is to talk about the Super Bowl halftime show because she is Utica and the Mohawk Valley is preeminent weekend fan, I would mm. say. <laughs> the number one weekend fan. Interesting. She I said, do know some weekend fans. She she loves the weekend. We talked a little bit about that in this week's episode. We'll talk about some uh, some other stuff about uh, going on any A to Z food tour that United County Tourism is doing right now. So go check that out mm. on octourism.com. So let's do some quick hits before we get into the news of the week, Kev. Okay. Uh, number one, just a reminder and just a thank you to all the folks out there. If you haven't already, go on to handshake.city to check out the Greater Utica Be a Neighbor Fund. Uh, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, we've already raised eleven thousand mm-hmm. dollars over the first week of doing this. Uh, really, really excited by that turnout. Uh, and again, want to keep pushing it forward. So, thanks to everybody who is out here giving. It's really great. Go to handshake.city for more information about what you can do to help out small local businesses mm-hmm. uh, in your community. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Great stuff. Uh, so that's number one. Number two. I'm not in Chicago, obviously. No, I'm not. Here. Oh, yeah, that's right. We, yeah, we made a whole big Geek Dad the Man call party. Yeah, 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 yeah. The last stand uh, last not, week where we were like, oh, I don't know what kind of episode. I'm in Chicago. Not in Chicago uh, mm. because I got whacked. I got waxed. You, I've seen you listen. Listen. I've seen you get beat about the head multiple times by mechanics unjustly, unfairly. Yeah. I've seen them come out of nowhere to, yep. just, to just ruin your day. Yep. Yep. These folks got you this week. Oh, I got waxed so hard. Tell them uh, about it. For any of you car folks out there, I went in to get a... Uh, okay, no, no, mind you, I don't know much about cars, so I'll try and explain this the way that I understand it, because I don't know anything about it. I had a power steering issue. I needed a power steering pump. Mm-hmm. I walk in and I go, okay, this is going to cost me $700. Mm-hmm. In my head, that's what I said to myself. Mm-hmm. $700. I go bring the car in. They fix the pump. Guy calls him back the next morning. He goes, yeah, so 350 for the pump and all the work. I said, great awesome. news. Awesome. Great news. I get a call. Like, living large in Chicago. Living large. I get a call two hours later. Mm. They're like, while we're down there, we noticed that you need new engine mounts. Mm. What's an engine mount? Because I didn't know. So if somebody knows, please tell me. But what I gather from what they said, the engine mount is the thing that your engine is mounted on. Mm. And it keeps your engine from rocking back and forth and dislodging all sorts of like connectors and pipes and shit yeah yeah right so they go this is gonna cost we can get you some new parts and that'll take till the friday oh great and that'll cost you 750 dollars or we can put some refurb parts in there for you and they'll guarantee them for a year and that'll cost you 600 so i said well, certainly give me the 600. <laughs> certainly, certainly I need my car back before Friday and I'm not going to, I don't, you know, if this car survives a year, I'll be happy, right? Right. 
but that that on top of rent, on top of a couple other things mm-hmm. this week in terms of finances, yeah, uh, yeah. really put the hammer on me from driving out to Chicago. So not this yeah. week. I will be driving out sometime, maybe late this week. I might actually leave this week with some, some fresh point. engine mounts. With some fresh engine mounts, yeah, fresh engine mounts. I will say, I gotta say this before I totally shit on these guys. The car feels totally different now. Yeah, like. It, I could tell after they've put the mounts in, like, oh, yeah, my engine was rocking around. That's always good. You know, when you take a... As somebody who doesn't know a ton about cars, and as somebody who, like, stubbornly is like, oh, I'm going to pay cash for this old car, and I'll fix it when I need to, um... I there's there's nothing worse than when you take your car to the mechanic and it like doesn't feel better. So it's yeah. really nice when you get it back. You're like, oh, oh, this is yeah. good. Yeah, you can like feel the difference. It's like when I get a new prescription for my glasses and I've waited too long. Mm, okay. And then I get the prescription. I'm like, why didn't I do this before? Did I not think like perfect sight was not important to me for the last like six months? I'm like, ah, I'll just <laughs> casually go. I mean, isn't that the name of the whole game? Yeah, I suppose it is. Uh, so there you go. So Chicago this week late this week mm. uh i still have some ideas for what i'll do for next week i don't know uh, i'll probably be in chicago though on monday when the show normally tapes so i will have to do something mm. later this week probably one way like, yeah or another one way or another yeah something will happen this week uh but i'm going to chicago i can't i can't not go my sister would kill me at this point in time oh yeah i'm on the i have to go yeah yeah right right now uh i want to go don't get me wrong i just i can't not go it'll mm. she'll be she'll no. be i'll be in trouble all right so uh let's talk about uh, the Super Bowl. First major mm. news story of the week. Super Bowl happened last night. Kev, we watched the Super Bowl. We did. Uh, Tom Brady won his seventh Super Bowl title, making him the greatest quarterback of all time. He was already the greatest quarterback of all time. I think I said this to you last night. When's enough enough? I get it, Tom. <laughs> You're good. You're the best. We get it. Everyone admits it. Uh, I, I just I don't want to see it anymore. I'm tired I'm going to go the other way. Okay. I I'm going to go the other way. I want him to do it five more times in a row. Wow. Because I want him to break the spirit of the people who are still pretending every Sunday. Break <laughs> these people's spirits, Tom. Ruin it for everybody. Show them. Should pull it out into the light and show these people what's wrong and what's broken with this game. Uh, <laughs> so I find myself rooting <laughs> for Tom Brady. <laughs> uh, it was... I don't think it helped that it was one of the most... I would call it one of the most unwatchable... Actual football games I've watched in years. Do people say that every year? What was no, the, last what was year the was other, good. What was the other last year where it was like eleven to three and everybody was like thirteen to three? Okay, so thirteen to three year that was so every that was really year bad too. That was like, this is unwatchable. That was the Rams and the Patriots. That was also unwatchable. That was probably worse than this. I would say you're right. That's that was probably one of the worst things I've ever had to sit through in terms yeah. of a sport of a Super Bowl game. This was unwatchable because one. All the announcers and everyone watching the game is, like, waiting for Kansas City to get back in this game. So even, like, in the fourth quarter when the game is very clearly out of reach and I have to sit through, like, Tony Romo being like, oh, I don't know, John, if they get a touchdown, three touchdowns in two minutes, they're right back in this game. I'm like, no, come on, dude. Like, no, we can turn this off now, right? This game is over. Um, We didn't, unfortunately, sit through the whole thing. Yeah, I... Mm. I like Tony Romo. I gotta say, like, I make fun of him. I thought he was all right. Tony Romo's a relatively entertaining hang. If you gotta listen to a sports announcer, yeah, he... that's. I mean, he. It's always good when you've got somebody who's played the game. Yeah, I find you know you could definitely get some insight from that. Uh, I got a couple small things I okay. just wanted to throw out here about the Super Bowl. Uh, so number one, there was a streaker during the game. Did you remember that? <laughs> I think so. No, because I think a streaker has to be nude. They had like a bikini on or whatever. It was like a man. Yeah, clothes. The streaker is nude. Yeah, yeah. So a fan ran out on the field. Right. Um, 
I don't know, did you... It's always the right move not to show the guy, right? Like, theoretically, it's the right move. You're not yeah, supposed to... I get it, yeah. You do want to see him get tackled, well, though, you, right? You can just see that on Twitter. You can <laughs> you just go can on Twitter and, like, people who are at the game are like, yeah, here he is. Uh, they did fool me when the game started. Because I didn't read anything about the cutouts in the stands. Mm. So when they showed the wide shot, I was like, yo, do they have, like, 70,000 people here? I mean, hey, it's Florida. It is Florida. Um, that's true. And it, it did freak me out for a couple minutes. I was like, oh, these are cardboard cutouts. There's not as many people here as I thought. But it, when they opened the shot up, I was like, wow, really? We're just doing this, huh? We're just, we're just going straight full stadium. All right, here we go. Uh, what did you think of the weekend's uh, Super Bowl halftime performance? Um, It was fine to good. Fine to good is, I think, the answer. That, fine to good. Yeah. I would have loved to have seen, this is a, a personal spot for me, I would have loved to have seen the band featured more. You could hear that it was a band track. You know, like when he tours, he plays with a live band. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Even if they were pre-recorded, they played a track as the halftime show. It was still like there was a drummer somewhere, and there were guys playing instruments somewhere. Yeah. Um, I would like to have seen that featured more. The presentation was all right. The Weeknd is a very talented artist. I don't know if he has the hits no. for a Super Bowl. No, I don't think so. I think you're I right. Just because even the songs he has that people know, like there's a lot of songs that are like dark songs, and like songs about doing drugs, and like that's all fine and good. I like yeah. a lot of dark songs about doing drugs, and like that's <laughs> whatever. But it just on the Super Bowl, it seemed a little bit more like I was watching like the the Grammys or something than the Super Bowl. That's, that's really actually a great app comparison. There seemed to be less performance yeah. to it because he just sort of stands there and he does the first two steps of Michael Jackson's dance and then stands there <laughs> some more. And like... Uh, the stage cool. setup... The robots are kind of cool. The setup felt very Grammys-esque now that you say it. Like to yeah, have yeah. the big like city skyline with people dancing behind it like old big band setup well, was and I cool. Think, I think it was because they were more than ever very, very conscious of playing to the television audience because of, you know what I mean? They couldn't have the people on the field and all that. Well, they they did have some people. They had the weird uh, Ultron, Dark yeah, Army. Yeah. What a... What a weird image to choose. Uh, I'll tell you, let me tell you what, those <laughs> those types of people that get upset and say that like the Hollywood and music is... Like satanic imagery and everything. Oh my They're god! They're gonna have a field oh day after this one. Uh, so I was thinking the whole time I was watching, I'm like, oh, these people who think this is like Harbingers of the Apocalypse, QAnon folks must be going nuts. Oh my god! Uh, so yeah, that's really all I had for the Super Bowl. I thought the weekend it was, good, was fine. It was fine, yeah. Uh, here's the thing: I don't think the weekend is a bombastic enough performer. For what we've become used to in the Super Bowl. There were no... More of a vocal performer than, like, even though, like, Bruno Mars got a big voice, but Bruno Mars has dance breaks, He's his band dances with him, like, he's got a whole, he played the drums. I was stunned. Chili Peppers were there. I gotta say, I was stunned, though, by how bad the internet seemed to think that the performance was. Like, he... I went on Twitter, which, again, mad. it's Twitter, but I went on Twitter, and I was stunned by how much people were like, that was terrible. There was mm -hmm. I, I didn't think it was terrible. That's also but that's you know also I mean? that's also a time honored tradition. Yeah, I people guess you're right. were trashing Shakira and J Lo. Yeah. Uh people remember when you. it was Adam Levine? Remember how mad folks were about Adam Levine and being like, This is terrible. Katie why Perry. is he why is he got his shirt off in better shape yeah. than me? Katy Perry people, people were, were mad about Katy, Katy Perry. Perry. I said this last night people though. People were mad about Bruno Mars. They were they were furious when it was Beyonce. You know, Beyonce, you know, and, mad, and you know, now the whites on the internet were when it was Beyonce. Yeah, but now that's all everyone wants now. If you go on, if you go on Twitter, they're like just just do Beyonce every year. <laughs> like Beyonce's I mean, come around to being like the one that people like now. Yeah, much like everything in twenty twenty one, people are like man, it wasn't so bad in twenty fifteen. Yeah, <laughs> take uh, me back. It. Mm. 
Yeah, no, I think that's a, there's always that knee-jerk reaction where you can, the, the loudest voices are always the one being like, oh, this halftime show is terrible. I literally hear that every year. Like, the people are like, oh, I don't even know who this artist is. I don't know what this is. I only listen to, like, obscure bootlegs. Get out of here. <laughs> uh, so, let's move on. I got some other news. We've, we've spent a lot of time. So we're putting the Super Bowl to bed. Yeah, Super Bowl. We're good. We're putting football to bed, too, which it's I gotta tell you. It's my favorite part. Dude, this is my favorite part of the Super Bowl. Farthest time away from new. I Look, I like football. I certainly I know do. you do. And I am ready for no more football for a while. Like, I'm... This was a... It felt like a lot this year. And I think because there's nothing going on. Mm. <laughs> right? Like, I felt like there, I was back in fantasy football. There was my really poor uh, run with attempting to be a sports better for a brief mm. period. <laughs> like, yes, yes. I was invested pretty heavy in football early this year because it was like, what, what, what am I doing? What's going well, on? It's tough because you being, being a winter sport, like with there not having been much going on, you know, because of continuing pandemic stuff and everything like mm. that. Also, football takes place in the winter, so like you can't even go and get out there. You know what I mean? Like you can't just like go out mm-hmm. somewhere and like get out. There's nothing, nothing to do and nothing to focus on. So that makes sense. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's a big part of it, right? Mm. Uh, so we're getting some stimulus checks, apparently, is what I've been told this week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we got stimulus. Stimulate me. Yes, yeah, st- stimulate uh, stimulus checks coming in. Uh, it was a thing on Twitter that people were very mad about putting on the hashtags because not one single Senate Republican voted to advance the stimulus package. Mm. Uh, are you surprised or disappointed or both? <laughs> that, uh, I'm, I mean, I, yeah, I'm both. I'm, I'm not. No, I'm not surprised at all. No, wait. Figured you'd get somebody. Someone would have no. jumped. No, you don't no think reason. so? They have uh, no reason to, to signal any willingness to work with Democrats. No, it's true. Uh, hypocrisy alarms were heavy out there as Mitch McConnell was mad at Democrats for using a hardball approach to pass through the stimulus using a partisan-only approach, which is, of course, the same exact thing that the GOP did to get through their tax break in 2017. So the hypocrisy reigned strong uh, from the turtle man, Mitch McConnell. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'm... Yeah. Stimulate the country. <laughs> Let's go. Like, I mean, I don't know. I don't know to tell you. Give the people their money. Give the people their... You, you ran on it. You told us. You told us. No, no go ahead. What are you going to say? I didn't I've cut just, you off. I mean, like, if you give the people the money, you know what they're going to do with it? They're going to spend it. Yo. You know where it goes true. if it spends it? To Back to you guys. Right back to you like, guys. Like, back Yo. to... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, also this week, uh, it was announced that Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos will step down uh, in the summertime after more than a quarter century... Uh, at the helm of the retail, logistics, and tech powerhouse. Uh, He'll become Amazon's executive chairman and remain its biggest shareholder, the company said on Tuesday. The company will go to uh, uh, new CEO Andy Jassy, which is not as interesting of a name in terms of, like, uh, who are people going to put all their conspiracy theories on now? Is this, like, isn't Bezos... Just won't stop him. Right, because he's moving on to do more... dead. <laughs> right, he's leaving Amazon to go work in the shadow government. Right, is that the the conspiracy? Uh, I mean, both like the, both the conspiracy and you know, little kernel of truth too. Like this is all he's doing is divorcing himself from his CEO yeah. role so that he can go launder his reputation and his money through philanthropy. You know what I mean? He's still not going to be a good dude. Just kind of about escaping some accountability. Yeah. Now that the heat's starting to turn up a little bit and trying to insulate himself from it a little bit and keep like his weird Lex Luthor billions. Mm. So, uh, yeah, happy trails. I'm sure we haven't seen the last of this going. No, I'm sure we haven't. Uh, all right, let's, uh, let's do some local news. And it only took us three months, uh, but we're finally here. Uh, earlier this afternoon, the state certified that Claudia Tenney has won the 22nd Congressional District in the... Fi- we are the final uh, election district to be pushed through in this election cycle. The last, mm. very last one. Nice... Uh, dead last. Dead last. 
in the country, district number 22. Uh, New York State's uh, officials uh, certified Republican Claudia Tenney's razor-thin victory over Republican uh, Representative Anthony Brindisi more than three months after Election Day. Uh, she won by a margin of 109 votes. Crazy. 109 votes. Crazy. I mean, I've said it before. I said it when it first happened, and I guess it's still the same three months later. When the initial numbers was that she was winning by, like, 25,000 votes, I'm like, what has become of my district? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's... I was like, oh, my God, really? What could have possibly happened? And I guess the fact that it's close, this 109, makes much more sense to me. Mm-hmm. Now, in hindsight, yeah, this was always a close district. People always... More people always come out to vote in nation, nationwide elections than just uh, in the, the two-year elections. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm not totally surprised... Um, can't say I'm excited. I won't be able to see anything about her because we're still blocked on Twitter. Mm. <laughs> so I won't be able to see any of her like, yeah. uh, uh, stuff. But there you go. Claudia Tenney. She's she's back. Kind of felt like she was going to win. It did feel like she was Kind of felt like she was going to win. It did feel like, like once, Even when they were like at very first, I think I just sort of made my peace with like, oh, this is a very likely outcome. And just sort of, we've talked about it a bit in the show. Like, well, no news until there's news. You know what I mean? But at this point, it's gone on for so long that it's just like, well, yeah. Yeah. You know. Come what? back, come back in two years. Keep voting, voting every election that you're available to vote for, and talk to your friends. Make sure they're voting. Make sure run for something. Yeah, plenty of people I know who listen to this show that could run for things <laughs> in their various towns and communities. Anybody. Uh, so yeah, there you go. Um, maybe this now that this is finally complete, maybe I'll finally, finally reach out to the my my reporter who was supposed to come on and talk to me about this like a month ago. Now yeah. this is over, we can go back over everything that happened with board of electors mm-hmm. and. Do a breakdown. So maybe I'll do that this week. Um, all right. So let's see. Let's do some other local stuff. Uh, I got to find the guy's name. We have a new restaurant. Uh, Travis Bon Jovi, a Utica College student. Come on. That's his real name. I swear to God. B-O-N-J-O-V-E-Y. It's a great name. Uh, he's, he opened a new restaurant in Utica this week called Cheesies, and it's Utica's first ghost kitchen. Which is a great name. Uh, sounds like a cool indie band, Ghost Kitchen. Mm. Uh, <laughs> what is a ghost uh, ghost kitchen? This is from like ninety eight point seven, by the way. Uh, ghost Kitchen is a concept essentially about a restaurant that has no seating capacity for walking customers, and customers order exclusively through delivery. It only exists for like Grubhub and DoorDash and Uber Eats and Postman. You can't go in and get food. You can't sit down. Kind of an interesting idea. Keeps your. I mean, it doesn't really have to worry about storefront stuff, I suppose. Uh, but really interesting thought. What are your thoughts about a ghost kitchen? People don't come in and sit down, don't order anything directly from you. You're only there existing for, like, food delivery outsourced. Uh, I, uh, maybe there's something I'm missing. I don't understand what, what purpose it serves. Right, like, I, if you can't, yeah, I guess that's so a like good if point. if I like, want to order food from somewhere, they're going to send it to this place, and then this place is going to send it to me, or i got to go here? No, no, if you want to order from this place, you can only do it through these things, through these apps. You can't walk in there and order it. You have to order it through Grubhub or Seamless or Uber Eats or something like that. They only exist for the concept of, like, takeout. There is no, there is no eat-in. Why not just have your own app and do it through your own website? I, I gotta be honest. People I, don't go. People go to the main websites. If you're not able to get on, like that's like I saw this ad this week for someone doing like the slice thing. Have you seen this? It's the like the app for local pizza places. Oh yeah, beyond. it's been around for a long time. Yeah. People aren't gonna. I don't necessarily think people are gonna download an extra app if they could just mm-hmm. have Grubhub, which has all these pizza places on it already. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm I, not really. Yeah, I'm not really into like the Grubhub, Uber Eats, any of that stuff. Anyway, I'm kind of. Oh, I'm like kind of anti. Oh, really? I, I, when I was in New York, it was such a revolution. New York City is very, very, very different. Very, very, very true. That's very true. Than here, where everybody owns a car, and like, 
Nah, yeah, I don't, you don't need to give uh, these businesses. It's not helping anybody to give a thirty percent kick up to Uber Eats or whoever it is around right. here. If you're ordering from a local place, you can call. They've all got phone numbers. They're all on the internet. Just call them and, and go down there. You want to support local? That doesn't mean kicking money up to Silicon mm. Valley startups. Food looks good, by the way, for the restaurant. Yeah, I'm interested to see that. It's always there's. I've been a couple new places that have opened. It's all actually. like grilled cheese sandwiches and stuff. It looks great. Which is a that, concept we've talked about. There's yeah. also that place up in Clinton, the compound, doing a bunch of grilled cheeses yep. as well. It's the year of the grilled cheese. Talked about it before. I right. give a lot of props to anybody who's forging ahead with opening their restaurant in this past yes. year, year and a half. Anybody who's taking that kind of business and being like, yo, we're going to go for it, even though it's in this wild well, pandemic time. Maybe that's why you do something like this to a certain extent. Maybe because it's cheaper in the long run than having to deal with like direct face-to-face business. Like Maybe his overhead's really low because of this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Pro- I mean, it probably is, yeah. If you don't have to have a dining room, I think the idea of having a dining room in your place is probably going... Yeah. Away just for like, because for a lot of places, who wants to even go sit in anywhere? No, you know what I mean? It's true. You're just going to get your food, pick it up, take it home, or you can go, you know, somewhere else. Pick up your food, go somewhere like nice to eat it, go sit out like one of the parks or something like that. In uh, other food related news this week, Price Chopper slash Market 32 announced on Monday they have entered a merger deal with Tops Markets, bringing together two of upstate New York's largest supermarket uh, chains. So yeah, Price Chopper and Tops together. Yo. Price Topper. Can we call no. it Price Topper? Give no. <laughs> cut them out. Cut them out. Give the people what Wegmans. they want. Give them Wegmans. Give us the Wegmans. We just want Wegmans. Give us the Wegmans. I mean, we've got the unsung hero, Hannaford, doing all the heavy lifting on uh, like real groceries, and we just need the Wegmans. Uh, I wonder if this mean doesn't say what the immediate plans are. Uh, but I wonder mm. if all the Price Choppers will turn into Tops, or if they'll just stay the same. I think the other way around. I think that you see less Tops. Tops actually has more stores across the country. There are 162 Tops in New York, mm. Pennsylvania, and Vermont. Maybe they'll just call all the Tops and all the price shoppers Market 32. Market 32. That's their thing. Oh, we just talked about this. Tough week. to pick. Tough to pick a number. Yeah, why 32? Is that a reason? Tough to pick a number. Is there you know, some like reason you're, yeah, yeah, It's tough to just throw a number in a place. I'm talking about this with Rolling Rock when we were kids. Mm. Well, when we were young enough to uh, drink Rolling Rock, old enough to be legal, obviously. Uh, but no, Rolling we're probably about nineteen. <laughs> Rolling Rock was uh, <laughs> probably about nineteen. Rolling Rock had the thirty-three on it, and it was like mysterious, like no one knew what is the thirty-three. Mm. It could mean anything. Ugh. It's, it's like, like a, uh, it's like fifty-seven on the Heinz bottles. Well, that I I was always under the impression that that was because of the fifty-seven varieties mm-hmm. of Heinz. It's true. Is that is that what it is? That's also yeah. the spot where you got to hit the bottle to get it out if you get the glass. Yeah, bottle. tap it. It's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then our last piece of local news this week: Herkimer Nine announces that an ABA team and stadium. Uh, will be a part of their downtown revitalization plan. That's right. We're going to have a Herkimer ABA basketball team. The team will be named the Herkimer Originals. And this mm. is expected to tip off in the fall of 2021. That's cool. Yeah, Herkimer Originals. That's cool. I would love to see some revitalization for the out in the valley there. Like, Herkimer's got a lot of cool stuff out there. I spent some... I've had friends from Herkimer and people who went to HCCC when we were younger, stuff like that. Yeah. Like it out there, but it's definitely an area that needs mm. um, some revitalization for sure. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to get myself a uh, Herkimer Originals jersey for sure. Got yeah, it. <laughs> got it. it is a shame that it's not coming to Utica. I feel like we've got the room, but, you know. Original's a pretty good name. Yeah. Because when we talk about it, a lot of these sports teams in general, you're either a you're either a, a natural phenomenon or you're an animal. Mm. Right? Generally, it's one or the other. You're like, or you're some vague concept like heat or magic or jazz. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, but, mm. like, generally it's an animal. Like, I don't yeah, want to all, s- uh, all the all the local teams named jazz. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying, though? Like, 
Like that's a pretty no, that one's pretty unique. But for the most part, like there's a billion teams called the Bobcats. I don't need another team called the Herkimer Bobcats. Miss me with that. I'm glad it's just not something like really vague, like oh the you know Warriors or the Generals. Warriors. I know. I think their high school team the, is the, the Generals, or maybe HCCC yeah. is the. Generals. I think HCCC is the Generals. I, that was my first thought was Herkimer Generals, but I'm like, I think that's a thing already. And you get it because it's like General Herkimer and like rah, rah, you know Revolutionary <laughs> War. We get it. Um... But yeah, good for them, the originals. Go with it. Like It'd be like if it, you had a town called Arnold and their team was called the Benedicts. The Arnold Benedicts. No, you got to call yourself the Palmers. <laughs> yeah, they are the Arnold Palmers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, let's do a quick section I'm calling Oofa. First one, uh, <laughs> former uh, Vice President Mike Pence is launching his own podcast. Oh, shit, Oof. competition. Oof. Competition. Competition in the market. Uh, I guess I never really thought about this, and I can't, I, don't, I can't understand why I didn't think of it. I am not ready for the era of specific politician podcast that is oh, inevitably coming. Strap in. Oh my god, this is going to be the future, yeah. right? Every politician will have a podcast going mm-hmm. forward. I'll sign up for ALCs. Talk about Twitch. I mean, look around. We have a podcast. Yeah. Every one of these politicians has more money We've than us. We've been doing this for a while here, bro. Uh, they, the, the money gap can catch them up real quick. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> money gap can catch them up real quick. Yeah, real quick. Looking around, looking uh, at Discord. <laughs> uh, also this week on Sad News, uh, resident Fox Business News troll Lou Dobbs' show was canceled mm. this week after he, he, along with two other Fox News anchors, was sued. Got by them the, sued. Got them sued by the smart tech technology uh, company that... Uh, dealt with the voting machines. So, there you go, Lou Dobbs. I'm going to miss his angry little troll face on TV, yelling and screaming. Uh, he's one of the angriest guys I've ever seen. I wonder how he... That's got to be performative, right? Like, I I say this... No, the anger's real in these people. Okay, I say this all the time. I just He's a true it believer. It doesn't make sense to me, though. Like, stop worshipping politicians... And anyone, by the way, like, and athletes, they're all just people, right? Like, I don't understand why we, like, I don't know. I, I, I don't think People should... will make a person an avatar for their own personal, like, concerns and beliefs, yeah. right? So it's not specifically about worshipping the person, but it's about the power that you've imbued to that person and how much power that power holds over you. You yeah. know what I mean? I think it splits. There's the true believers, who I think is, like, a guy like Lou Dobbs, I really yeah. think, believes what he's saying when yes. he's out there. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, kind of the grifters, you know what I mean? The Hollies <laughs> yeah. who are like, hey, you know, I can probably get some fundraising off this and mm-hmm. maybe get my profile up and get my stock. star up. after this. You know what yeah. I mean? So, yeah, uh, unhappy trails. Uh, it's Lou Dobbs, yeah. terrible guy. Been, like, the a worst. rotten asshole on television the for worst. a long time. Um, don't care. Too bad. Uh, uh, yeah. Too bad. So sad. Oof. Uh for Lou Dobbs. All right, and let's do the big energy segment this week, which I'm really excited for. Mm. Uh, Earlier this week, uh, I'm sorry, the Diego Maradona Big Energy Award. Uh, Rogers, Arkansas educator, uh, this is from theroot.com, was fired this week for committing the egregious offense of calling out Republicans from his state for being the fragile white nationalists that they are. Specifically, the former teacher was terminated for sending an angry email uh, to state lawmakers who proposed a bill barring funding for any school that includes... uh, Nicola Hannah-Jones Pulitzer Prize-winning collection, the 1619 Project, in mm. their curriculum. Uh, on Friday, students from the school gathered in protest of the teacher's firing. Uh, I'll give you an, ex- an excerpt from the actual letter that he wrote. Dear fascist white supremacists, strong start. 
Uh, I, I teach U.S. history. Within my curriculum, we address marginalized groups within American society. Your recent bill is an appalling attempt to further whitewash history. is absolutely nothing less than an attempt to codify white supremacy in Arkansas schools. Stay the F out of my curriculum. You want to say what is taught? Get your effing teaching license and come teach. Otherwise, F off. None of you have any effing business dictating my curriculum or even thinking about doing so. I will continue to teach about marginalized groups regardless of the outcome of your cute little fascist project. Though I was happy to hear it had no chance of passing. This, this goes on, by the way. This is a very long... So, I'm going to tell you a couple things right here. I love this guy's energy. <laughs> I love how angry he is. I love the, the direct... Uh, the directness of this, mm. he kind of he kind of asked for it a little bit here. This is too this is too forward. This is a little bit too forward from a dude who is a teacher. Mm. Uh, like throwing the hard f bombs in here and just really calling like people fascists and calling like that's you're a teacher who could have presented this in a more professional way, I think, and not have lost your job for it. Am I wrong? I understand what you're saying. You're right. There is no reason for the F-bombs, at least when it comes to the four-letter one. Um, but I do blanch a bit at like, oh, wow, you called the fascist fascist. How dare you? Um, right. But, like, I get what you're saying. Uh, yeah, so there you go. Uh, pretty good uh, Pretty good work by this guy. I don't think it was necessarily the way to do it, but I respect his energy anyway. All right, let's get to this week's uh, interview. We had a great time talking to our good friend from Oneida County Tourism, Sarah Foster. She's been on the show many times. We brought her in to talk about uh, the new project going on, the A to Z food tour. Uh, we talked about uh, everything that's changed in the last you know, months. Oh, she got engaged, by the way. We talked about that. Congratulations to her. Mm. And then, of course, we talked about the thing that she's here for, the weekend performing during the Super Bowl <laughs> halftime show. So we did all of those things, and it's as a pleasure, as always, to talk to Sarah Foster. We'll be back to the show in just a second. Yeah, I can now. Sorry, I had my headphones in and was making a second iced coffee. <laughs> All right, I have a, uh, I have a Stewart's iced coffee that I bought from the store. <laughs> so it's, it's got to iced coffee season all year round. <laughs> I've been struggling with this because I have not like converted over, and people are like, I get looks when I walk out of like Fast Track with a big iced coffee. They're like, you know, it's like two degrees out. I'm like, no, it's raising. Doesn't my matter. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Nice to see you. Uh, yeah, I know. Sorry, sorry about that. I had to uh, throw in a little makeup, you know. <laughs> For what? For me? Oh, that's very sweet. You did not have to. <laughs> um, well, I wasn't sure if this was actually like recorded, recorded, or if you're just using the volume. No, so. no, you're gonna have to send me a photto afterwards that you can okay. use for the thing. Uh, so you know, you, you I, well. I appreciate you. You look, you look great anyway. Um, Sarah, it's it's a pleasure to have you back on the show. Um, I was a little surprised actually when I went back. And I looked through the archives. The last time you were actually on the show was uh, 2019. You were on September 23rd, 2019. It was the 222nd episode. So we oh, haven't really. We haven't it's been really, a minute. <laughs> it's been a long time. Yeah. I thought it had been more recent than that. And I don't know if when last time you were on the show, you were engaged when we spoke. 
Oh no, no. Well, I mean, we got engaged this past August, but I, I mean, I was, I feel like 2020 was such a blur that it's like a, a weird window of the year or like a full year that we're just like, what actually happened? But what I was thinking about the last time I was on too, I was like, it's actually probably been over a year and yeah. I guess it has been. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny since, you know, like since that time period, you know, I, I got my master's degree in, in March and then right as everything was happening, like right as everything shut down and it really did feel like I had this big event and I was like, Oh my God, I'm so happy. I'm done. And then it just, no, we never talked about it again. No one ever just totally overshadowed. Totally overshadowed. By well, congrats, Sam. That's a huge well, accomplishment. Yeah. <laughs> so you've been engaged since August. And I have to ask just because uh, James, my, my, my beloved James and I go back a long <laughs> way. Uh, how did he ask you? How did this all go down? You guys have been together forever, but. Yeah, yeah, we, well, I, we, we talked about it all the time. So I knew it would happen, like just when it felt right for us. But um, we, we had looked at rings together, but then James likes to trick me. So we had no, this trip planned to Maine and I was like, there's no way he's going to propose on this trip because he thinks that I'm expecting yeah. it. Uh, so we went, we did a, a sunrise hike at Acadia and we were with my best friend, Anna and her boyfriend. And um, completely unbeknownst to me, James had the ring with him. I did not know this until well after the fact. He brought it to propose to me at sunrise at Acadia, which is like where you see the first sunrise on the East Coast. And we're like watching it, watching it. The sun's coming up. All of a sudden, these people start clapping. And we're like, oh, they must be clapping for the sunrise. And then we realize that someone just proposed. <laughs> so we're like, oh, wow, an engagement. Like, how cute. And like, I didn't realize, but James was just absolutely panicking. Oh, my God. You know, it's like neither of us like wanted all that attention. We'd always talked like, I was like, please don't ever do it at like an event or just something where there are a lot of people because I'll be way too frazzled. So I then we... uh what were you gonna say? Well, I, I think about that all the time. I see that on like, like I would never at you're in public like at a baseball game or like a sporting <laughs> event. Like, what are you really? You're gonna put your partner on the spot like that? I know. <laughs> it's like please don't. It's just like I just want to appreciate it with you first. And so we both love photography, and um, we had brought he brought his camera. So he he had set a couple date like the day after. Acadia and then like two days after he was like we should try to go to the beach at sunrise or like before and get do some night photography and then we'll be able to watch the sunrise he loves night photography I love the sun so I'm like this is perfect yeah so we we woke up at like probably 3 34 went to the beach we already staked it out and um there are like these shots that you'll see on Instagram where it's someone kind of like gazing away and like you see the starry sky but like you hold a light almost and it kind of makes everything shine more. So, you know, I'm in my like really baggy sweats, a hoodie, you know, it's cold in the morning on the beach. I am like looking not a hundred and <laughs> he's in pretty much the same thing. And he's like, stand out, look at the ocean. And uh, he's like, I want to take some pictures. And so basically like, you know, a few minutes go by and he's like, all right, you can turn around. And as I did, he was on his knee oh, and proposed. Oh. So then we watched the sunrise come up and, uh, then a fisherman came and like completely ruined the moment <laughs> and was like, do you mind if I stand right here? We're like, uh, we are literally standing right here, but okay. <laughs> uh, and then we went back and celebrated and 
brought a party cooler to the beach that day. <laughs> well, congrats, uh, you guys. I mean, I'm not surprised. I felt like the it's same deal. Anyway. Uh, but what's crazy, you know, I find it frustrating because, you know, I've, I've known James for such, a, for such a long time. We used to do the MetLife thing. Uh, not only is he very handsome and in good shape, he's also very romantic. So I'm like, yeah. what, how do you, what do you do with this guy? I'm like, come on, why we, you're not really leaving us a lot of room here, guy. I know, well, I, I told him, I was like, honestly, I don't care if you propose in our backyard, in our kitchen, I'm saying yes to you. Like, no matter what, at the end of the day, we were supposed to go to Peru in yeah. May mm-hmm. and we were gonna do all this hiking and we were gonna hike, it's like the mountain behind Machu Picchu. Yep. So his initial plan had actually been to propose to me then. And then I was like, why are you even telling me this? You're telling me I could have been engaged in May, but instead I had to wait until August. <laughs> now, so what did this mean in terms of like you guys going for? Like, obviously you haven't had a wedding or did everything get pushed off. Like what's the planning process been like now in the COVID times? For personally or for work? Well, for personal, for you. Personal, well, so yeah, we had that trip scheduled for Peru. We canceled that. Um, Actually, when everything happened, we were leaving for and in Aruba with my family. So it it was literally like we left March 12th. And I think if our flight had been a day after, we wouldn't have been able to go. But ironically, it was like almost a perfect timing because we watched what was happening in the United States and it was chaotic. And I was like, we don't, it's not like we could do anything. So we were in Aruba, but they were progressively shutting down. Flights were getting canceled. Ours got pushed back. But it was like, well, there's worse places to be for an extra day than Aruba. So we did that. But yeah, then we were going to, we actually had tried to plan New Mexico in um, October. We were going to go for the balloon festival that they have in Albuquerque. And that, that had been his backup to propose prior to us doing Maine. And then they canceled the balloon festival so, you know, we just kind of, that we thought Maine was like the happy medium. We're like, it, it's drivable. We've been there before. We know we love it. Great beaches. Feel like you're getting away. So I don't know. I mean, I think um, not even just speaking for myself, but for most people, you were forced to look at what you have locally and to say like, okay, obviously I can't be doing the things that I normally do. What are some alternatives? And I think it shifted a lot of mindsets and how people thought about where they lived. You started appreciating things differently, quality time, like just totally like a fresh set of eyes looking at everything. Uh, And I I think that's a great transition actually to, you know, OC tourism and OC events and everything you guys have been doing. You know, I think people have this impression of you and the job that you do over there, which is like, she's all over the place. She's there. But I do wonder, like, did, did the day-to-day for you guys at OCT, like, did that change drastically? Did you have to, like, convert to, like, a new way? Were you in the office? Did you go to all the home stuff? How did everything shift? Yeah, well, everything totally changed. So by the time I got back from our trip, everyone was working remote yeah. um, from my office. So, um, I mean, honestly, it was like the change was having actually James and I working from home. We have a small house. We have one spare room. Like right now I'm in the kitchen. He's in the spare room. That's our office. Um, but for OCT, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's so weird. I feel like we were so naive to like even think back to March and like what was going through our minds. So like my first thought marketing wise is it, or I, I had emailed Kelly from vacation and I said, I don't feel it's appropriate to be posting look what you can do in Oneida County. It's like, we can't ignore the pandemic that has kind of, you know, just started at least publicly. Um, And she was like, nope, you know, we've got to be mindful. Like, let's just do the research, make sure what we're putting out is correct. Let's focus on the restaurants, the businesses that are still open, but need our help. 
So, you know, the first thing we did was like almost like a feel good video. So I reached out to a bunch of our hotels, attractions, and I said, take a selfie. I just want to see a picture of you and what your work from home is right now. Are you with your family, your dogs? I don't care what it is, send it. So I built like a little video, it was a couple minutes. Um, then came National Travel and Tourism Week, which is in May. We initially had all these awesome plans. We were going to do the Red Panda encounter with Mark at the zoo. I'm going to go golfing at Turning Stone. None of that could happen. So we basically shifted and said, let's do recorded Zoom interviews. We partnered with a radio or with Town Square Media. Um, and they had a different DJ like work with each attraction and do a pre-recorded Zoom. So we kind of launched that throughout National Travel and Tourism Week. Um, and then it it just progressively changed from there. We we opened our throughway office in I want to say June. And then it began that we all rotated one day a week working in that office. Um, and honestly, it felt totally fine. It, I felt safe. Um, it's not like crazy amounts of people going there at one time. So, and I, I felt like it was a good way for me to just have a change of scenery. Um, but so yeah, we did that once a week. And then in, we also, we went on the work share program for basically for as long as we could. So um, none of us were full-time employees. And I, I mean, it was, I think a blessing in disguise to even have that because looking back now, it's like, I don't know how we could have afforded for everyone to be working during that time. You know, I, I always think of it. I look back at the, at the education perspective on this, you know, because we, I was in, I was at JFK middle school working with my, it was my second day at JFK working student teaching, finishing up my master's. And we knew that day, like that morning we walked in, I think I forget what day it was exactly, but we walked in and they were essentially like, yeah, we're not going to be here for the rest of the day. They're not going to let, <laughs> like, they're not going to let the kids stay here all day. Like we are going to go home. I don't know if we'll see you again. Like that was, was it, this was March, right? This was March of, of 2020. And yeah, yeah. Just, so crazy. And, you know, I had been working with a lot of like, you know, a lot, there's a lot of tech out there for educators, particularly, uh, you know, whether it's Google docs or Google slides or all these digital classrooms and, you know, Zoom yeah. is really helpful, but we've been, already doing a lot of this stuff in education for you know in in smaller amounts over the last five years yeah and and now it's been you know i'm i'm in the process right now like trying to get you know teaching jobs in it it's scary for a lot of old teachers who don't want to leave the job because right because they don't know like if am i i don't want to retire but like you know like what teaching like now and then what's new, yeah gonna happen and then the new teachers are coming in being like wait am i ever going to get in front of a classroom is new teaching only this like is it only zoom like, and yeah, it, i can't imagine it's such a mess and everyone has an opinion on it too and i think that's a big that's like the big frustrating part that i think i look at when i go out into the world right like i i wear the mask i, I go out in public if i have to minimally but if i do have to go out i always wear the mask i wear you know, all the hand stuff and trying to be courteous for other people. And then even yesterday, I'm like sitting on a fast track and there's like some guy standing right behind me in the line. And I don't want to be like a jerk and be like, turn around and go away. But like, give me a like a foot, man. Like, <laughs> like I just want a consistent effort. I think. From yeah. <laughs> well, that's like one of the things you hope sticks in the future. It's like personal space. Like I'm good if we never go back to like standing on top of each other anywhere. Like it's, it's overwhelming and flustering. Uh, I want to say, I just wanted to point this out because I did notice something you guys are doing on Instagram. It's really cool. You guys are doing the A to Z food tour where you're going through like 26 of your favorite local like uh, items and locations. Is that you yeah. or Mark doing that? 
Yeah, no. So we, um, well, I, I mean, to, to your other point before, like, yeah, definitely a lot of stuff shifted online, the Zooms, yeah. Google Meets, all that. And then we ran and we do that fam tour every year in June where it's like the adult field trip. Yeah. You know, it's funny. The fam tour is something I hear about from the outside, yeah. but from you, I've heard it from people I worked with. Like it's yeah. <laughs> This like mystical event that people go on, they seem to love. And I've never- Well, I've it's never... always a blast. And, you know, we were all amped up. It was our 10th year last year. So we're like, this is going to be the best one yet. And, you know, we're all excited. But basically we ended up partnering with Rozier for that one, who usually helps us with the actual fam. And we selected, we worked with Wellness Day Lodge in Taborg as like an incentive for people to tune in, to pay attention, to watch on Facebook. Um, but we, we went- aside from Wellness Day to five attractions all across Oneida County that were operating during COVID, but we made them, you know, we asked them to talk about what their protocols were and that kind of stuff. Um, and then the incentive was like, it was fan bus Fridays. So it went over five weeks and then someone ultimately won a getaway with Wellness Day in the school bus, which ties into our school bus theme. Um, and because we liked that so much, we said, let's do fall fun Friday. So we did the same exact thing again with four places. So, you know, it's how we're thinking in terms of marketing. We're not, it, we used to focus on bringing all these people in from out of town. Well, that's just not appropriate to do right now. So my underlying goal for as long as I've been at Oneida County Tourism is educate locals on what we have. Like we, you know, I'm beating a dead horse, but it's like, there's so much here. So why don't we use this opportunity to finally be marketing at a local level? So we use a system called CrowdRiff and it helps us source images that people um, take on Instagram, social media. You know, we have, it's almost like tracking by location, by a hashtag. So CrowdRiff ran, um, a, oh, not a workshop, but like pretty much a conference, a virtual one this year. We had gone the year before in person. Um, and I sat in and there was this guy from Greenville and he was like, yeah, we decided to get really creative. We wanted to help our restaurants and attractions. So we did an A to Z tour. And so they did one for food, one for everything else. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, well, we have so many amazing dishes in our county. Um, we have so many amazing restaurants. It's a win-win because it's giving us something to do that's a cool campaign. It's involving locals. So locals feel like they're having a say in it. And it's going to help bring attention to these restaurants who are struggling. So it's officially launched. We're in phase one, which means that anyone can go and submit their favorite dish. And the kicker that initially confused me at first, I thought it, I was thinking like you needed a restaurant for each letter, but we're actually doing the letters by a dish. Okay. So it could be like faux gras soup from Foamy Kong. It's like my go-to chicken soup. Oh, yeah. like, Oh, yeah. For Foga or um, N for Nashville hot chicken. And so you can go, it's like linked on our Instagram, which is OC New York. It's pinned on our Facebook, which is visit Oneida County NY. And then if you just go to OneidaCountyTourism.com to the blog, <clears throat> click the A to Z food tour, and it gives like all the information about what we're looking for. And then the form is at the bottom. And anyone who enters is also automatically entered to win one of two $50 gift cards to a local restaurant that they get to select. Awesome. Well, that's really cool. And um, I'm sure we'll get some feedback on that. People love food around this neighborhood. Uh, yeah. <laughs> did you guys get rid of the Twitter account? No, no. I think our name, we, we almost tried to do like a rebranding. Um, it was really confusing because Twitter, we were OCT events. Yep. 
Instagram was OC New York and then Facebook was Oneida County Tourism. Right. So we learned that like it resonates better when like the visit, if you look at like visit Buffalo, Niagara, visit Syracuse. So we, even though it's not like official, official, our Facebook is now visit Oneida County NY. Mm -hmm. Uh, But our Twitter is now Oneida County NY. Just no visit. So so yeah, so I had to make sure, but it's Oneida County NY. I'm just going to throw this out here at you and I can, uh, I can delete this if you'd like. When I went to your link on Twitter, it's the old one. So you got to change your Twitter link. What? On your, on your personal Twitter page, on your Sarah Foster 13, which you can follow. Oh, did I put, did I like work for them? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I will say though, because that's actually a good lead in. I did want to talk about, uh, you're one of the few people I know who's still entertaining on Twitter, uh, which is. <laughs> Which well, I, I'm like kind of weird on Twitter, but. <laughs> uh, there's a couple of things I wanted to check in with you about because I always like to read your, because you always have good content on here. Uh, number one, you seem really pleased with the Chipotle app. Is this something you're yeah. using? Right? <laughs> They're amazing. <laughs> What's your go-to Chipotle item? What do you get when you go to Chipotle? Are you a bowl? I, I get a rice bowl and I add the tortilla, although they did start charging for that, but I'm totally willing to pay 25 cents for that big, amazing tortilla on the side. <laughs> it's just so easy to navigate. It's like things that I notice now, like even just from our website, it's like, yeah. how do you think and what makes the most sense? And like when you sign into Chipotle, it's like, pick your entree, pick your meat. And if you want like half brown rice, half white rice, yeah. you can do both. It's like, why is every app not this easy? Well, you know what the problem is? I, I was actually just talking to Maiden Utica's Justin Parkinson about this, about when he was designing the site for this um, this giving back to local businesses thing we're doing. Yeah. And he was talking a lot about web design in a way that I don't really think about all the time. And he was essentially saying like, when I build a website, it's gotta be able to look right on a desktop, on a laptop, on a cell phone. Phone, like, yeah. It has to be formatted a certain way. So just the simple concept of like an app that's comfortable and works really nicely and smoothly is kind of underappreciated. I know. I mean, it makes you realize how terrible some apps are. And then it's like, then they let you earn points. The other day they were like, congrats, you've gotten enough points for your free entree. And I was like, James, we're definitely going to Chipotle today. Uh, The other one I have from your Twitter I kind of want to talk about is you seem really mad about uh, Gatorade Bolt 24 for whatever (laughs) reason. Which I love, I love how angry you are, especially about the song from the commercial. Hi, have you seen it or heard it? I've seen a a couple different versions of the Bolt 24 ad campaign. And I don't understand, uh, here's the thing. I feel like most people don't buy new drinks. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like people buy water or Gatorade or iced tea or soda and that's it, right? And Gatorade just keeps putting out like new items and no one ever buys them. That's what I'm wondering. Who actually buys them? I'm trying to look it up right now because is it like caffeinated? Is that the difference? Well, it's like, it's also rotational because I just saw that Coca-Cola is bringing back their Coca-Cola coffee drink that they had from like 10 years ago because they're like, oh, in case you, it tastes like a coffee, but it sips like a soda. It's like, didn't you guys do this already? And didn't it, you learn? <laughs> didn't you not learn from this? Uh, I have one, I have two last ones from your Twitter I want to do real quick. One- okay. I'm doing the same thing you are, where I see people in Australia and I'm like angry at them. Oh my God. It is awful, but amazing. (laughs) They damn you for being able to go to concerts. And then the last one, I saw you looking for new shows that you were, uh, you were going on a list talking about shows that you and James have watched. And one of them on here, I just have to ask you about because you even mentioned it. 
so you liked Emily in Paris. I loved it. <laughs> loved it. And honestly, I felt so bad asking James to watch it, but like, we're very weird, but we literally watch every show together. Like the other day I was like, I'm turning on bachelor and he was building shelves. And all of a sudden he like pops in the room and he's like, standing like this in the TV watching Bachelor. But yeah, I loved Emily in Paris and he was like, wow, that was really good. <laughs> I think people get this impression sometimes, especially with like in the modern era of television, like all oh, Sopranos and Breaking Bad and those big prestige shows that you can't like watch something unless it's the best thing, right? Oh, I'm right. Not, this show's stupid. But you know what fun I, show I had the most fun watching in like a couple years ago? Temptation Island. Do you know why? Because it's terrible. <laughs> It's monotonous. Like, I feel it's almost like books, too. Like, yeah. if you are reading serious books all the time, you have to, like, mix it up for your brain and, like, stimulate it in a different way. And, like, sometimes I just want a stupid show to watch. Other times I want to think and become emotionally involved with the characters, but not always. I don't, I can't handle that. <laughs> See, when I, was in, when I was in college and I was living in New York and I was reading a lot on the subway, I got in a kick where I was looking up like the most pretentious, hardest to read, like, oh, this is converted from like two languages. So it's really crazy and hard. To, I, I don't know why I thought that was a thing. And then yeah. as I got older, like I went back and started reading. I'm like, why did I make this so hard on myself? I don't know why. I know, <laughs> but it's like, we put so much pressure on, like even my comment, it's really funny that you found these tweets because I swear to God, I tweet like once every three weeks, maybe <laughs> like sometimes I'll do a retweet, but I really go on more and just see what everyone else is talking about. But the fact that you found these is pretty amazing. But I was talking even about the weekend. Everyone like that I go on Twitter last night and I was dreading it. I'm like, I'm just going to see everyone complaining about something. Sure enough, dumb halftime show, this and that. I was watching it and I'm like, this is incredible. I'm like, oh my God, look at that stage. Look, Listen to the horns and the strings. Like I thought it was so good. And then I'm like, oh, apparently I'm dumb because nobody likes it. Our, our listeners need to understand, people think that I've brought you on the show because today because you represent Nettikind Tourism. It's been a long time. No, the reason you're here is because the weekend we're playing on a national stage last night and I had to talk to you about it. Yeah. I, did the, I did the same thing as you where, you know, and look, I'm, I'll be honest. The weekend is not Bruno Mars. He's not Beyonce. He's not going to do like this performance where there's like, you know, crazy, you know, dance routine. He's Dancing not like, and yeah, right. he's a singer. He's a crooner. Right. So a lot of that show, you know, wasn't as exciting as per se, like Beyonce. No, but I thought it was fine. I don't know why people yeah. were mad about it. I didn't understand. People really disliked it. I was kind of surprised. I know. I'm like, I don't know if they, I, to me, it was just like, he played a bunch of songs that I have all like, you know, jammed yeah. to the songs that I like by the weekend. Like, I don't know. I felt, I've always wondered too, like it's the, these poor people like have to continuously try to compete against what happened the year before. And like, there's only so much you can do to top it. Like, what if we just have a good old fashioned show where you can enjoy music? And like, if it's visually appealing, that's good too. And I felt like yesterday hit both of those for me. Like we had a group family text going, we're like, that was so cool. My parents are like, wow, the weekend's amazing. And then I go on Twitter and I'm like, oh, this, is how, <laughs> this is how out of touch I am with like technology, music and like what's cool. Because even up until yesterday, I kept thinking to myself, I'm like, you know, is the weekend famous enough to do this? Like, I, I know who he is. And maybe right. that, that means he, I'm old and out of touch. 
but like he didn't seem to me like it's like it's like Prince and Bruce Springsteen. He's huge, and then like and the weekend. I'm like either the weekend is way more popular than I gave him credit for, <laughs> yeah. or like I, I maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I it just or they just was, needed I, something random. <laughs> I thought it was good, honestly. I don't know why people were so mad. I think people just like to complain, which mm-hmm. if went on Twitter at any point in time during the Super Bowl yesterday, it was just like people were having the worst time. I know. And then I'm like, why is everyone so angry? Like, just like watch the freaking Super Bowl, eat, have a cocktail, enjoy your Sunday fun day. Like, uh, I know Facebook was the same way. I'm like, I had to stay off this morning because I was just getting so annoyed. You know, it's so funny. And I've, I've talked about it before. You know, I, I like Twitter. I've been on Twitter for, God, almost like 10 years now, maybe 11 years since way, yeah. you know, I just, I think I've lost the edge for all social media. I, I just... If I spend more than 10 minutes on Facebook, I just, I, I'm like, what am I doing? I don't know what I'm doing, right? I, I don't, <laughs> if, it, if it wasn't for the podcast or maybe you to get stuff or like things that I want to help people out with, I would not use it. And I don't feel mm-hmm. like it would make my life any worse. I really don't. I think it'd be better. No, it, yeah, you'd probably sleep better. I know. It's like, I already don't remember. Unnecessary. Even with Facebook, I never remember when anyone's birthday. <laughs> yeah. so it's not like it helps me that much. Uh, <laughs> And people don't even wish you really happy birthday no. as much the way you used to on Facebook. It's not the same. Well, it's always your parents' friends, right? Like you like a hundred thousand <laughs> yeah. birthday messages, everyone your mom's friends with. You're like, oh God, okay, all right. So uh Sarah, you yeah. already mentioned for people on there uh where people can get a hold of you. It's Facebook, Instagram. Where can people where else can people go if they want to know more about Nida County Tourism? Yeah, so we um own IdaCountyTourism.com. Um our events is like not or we have events listed on there but honestly I think the best um way to use our website is like going to the blog we have the A to Z food tour that we talked about um I put up a Valentine's Day blog this weekend so it's kind of like a gift guide we had done it for Christmas and again that same concept of like you know we we always talk about shopping local and shopping small but like these these businesses appreciate it a million times over and you know I could tell even when I started tagging the businesses on Facebook they're like wow, I'm honored to be included on this list. It's like, they just appreciate it so much. So that Valentine's blog is like everything from staycations, family events that are happening, um, local stores that you can go to, food places. Like there is just a mix for everyone. Like I know every, some people hate Valentine's day. We get it like a little something for everyone. (laughs) And then uh, for events, Facebook for sure. Do visit Oneida County NY. Not only do we post all our, like everything on there regardless, but you can click our events tab and it's the easiest way for us to share what all our partners are doing. Uh, Sarah, before I let you go, uh, do you have a couple minutes for some quick lightning round questions while I have you here? Yeah, although I'm nervous about one (laughs) because it's the one that you normally ask me. (laughs) These are new, these are new, these are new ones, new ones for you. Uh, One, what's one skill that you've sort of honed in your COVID year? Like, is there something you've gotten better at? Sewing, like you read more books. What's something you've done more of in the- I got really good at grilling. Really? You're like a grill master? I'm like a grill master and I like fight James over it, but he knows that I'm the better griller. But yeah, I, uh, it's like a weird, I was out there one day and I'm like, I completely understand why men love this. I like had like a mimosa and I was like flipping on the grill and I'm like, this is sweet. Like James is Peruvian, right? Yeah. So when I was a younger man, I went to a soccer game with some people I worked with in New York. And one dude was from Peru and the other guys were Colombian, Ecuadorian. And the Peruvian guy took us to a Peruvian restaurant. And to oh, this, young. this day, 
probably the best restaurant. I, I was stunned because I had no preconception for like, what do you get at a Peruvian? What's Peruvian food? Yeah. It's Peruvian food. And I realized, oh, it's just ceviche and steak. Like this is the entire, <laughs> this is like the two things I the want. Ceviche is bomb. No, oh, it's so good. <laughs> it's like rotisserie chicken. That's what I went to in the city. They they yeah. love rotisserie chicken, yep. but yeah, they have like a lot of steak dishes, meats. Oh, I love it. I love I know. It. It's so good. So fresh. So I love that you've decided to take the the mantle of, of grilling away from him. I appreciate it. Well, we, we were really having a, a disagreement the other day about who was the better cook because I said we were both even. And he was like, oh, I think I'm better. And I'm like, well, you don't. He makes like when we're trying to be healthy, he'll make us like brown rice, chicken, sure. veggies, rice bowls all the time. But I'm kind of the one that gets a little more creative. And then yeah. he's like, well, then if you're, if we're even in cooking, we're even in grilling. And I was like, oh no, I am definitely the better griller. <laughs> uh, what's the very first thing you would like to do when life gets back to some semblance of normal? Is there a place you'd like to go, a restaurant you'd like to eat, a bar you'd like? What's the one thing you'd like to do first? Honestly, I feel like have like an outdoor party with my friends and like in family and hug them. But also I want to go on vacation so badly. <laughs> like I am ready to go. <laughs> I'm like, I said this to somebody last week. I'm, I'm an introvert, right? I don't, I didn't like going to bars in the first place because once I get to a bar after I've been there for like an hour, I'm like, what am I doing here still? Can I do right. something? You know, like I'm done here. I would kill to talk to a random stranger. Uh, <laughs> I, I, would, I would get just to sit outside in a bear. Like, to, like, oh, some guy I've never met before. What's up? Just chat you yeah, up. Yeah, <laughs> sit on the deck at Nail Creek and have a beer or a cocktail. I know, it's uh, uh, the things you miss. I feel like we, none of us are going to know how to socialize when no, we go back. We're no. going to be so awkward. I mean, this generation, as if my education background has taught me anything, this generation of kids coming up already is not as good at socializing as we were just because the yeah. internet. So it's already going downhill. Uh, give, me one, give me one category on Jeopardy that you think you would be better at than anybody else. Mm -hmm. What do I know a lot about? I feel, I mean, I feel like some travel, I don't know. That's a really good question, Sam. Like, and I feel like I don't have a good answer for I'll, it. <laughs> uh, what are you and James doing for Valentine's Day? Since I don't get this opportunity to ask people very often. Um... Honestly, we don't usually do anything. Um, we're going, we're doing a food tasting at Michael's uh, in Waterville on Saturday with my parents <laughs> um, for the wedding. So that's kind of like a pre-Valentine's Day. But honestly, I guarantee you that we will end up like going snowshoeing or going for a walk. Like that, aside from grilling, we got like hyper into walking this year and I had no idea how good it was for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm hoping that we'll just be able to like go on a nice walk, maybe cook some food or order food. I really want to do one of the um, the lovable markets, the lovable food with Ocean Blue. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a blue apron that they've launched. So you can do like lobster rolls, fish tacos, butter cake. Um, and it's like, they'll send you everything, free shipping in the area and then you cook it. So I'm like, that would be kind of fun. Like a cute little idea. Like we cook together and then have a contest of who's a better cook and then uh, <laughs> have a drink and go for a walk. <laughs> See, that's very romantic. And also you guys are getting old. I love it. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I, honestly, it's like, I, I like to buy James things when I like think of it, not to be like, oh, it's for a holiday. I hate Christmas. It's too much pressure. So yeah. No, yeah. I would all right, and give me one and one last one. You've already talked a little bit about it, but give me one book, album, movie, or television show that you guys are currently reading, listening to, or watching. Uh, All right, so 
that was the one that I was nervous about because usually you ask me for a book and I like could not remember the name of the dumb book I'm reading (laughs) but no TV show we're watching on single parents I think it's called it's on Hulu okay oh my god the kid actors are incredible I mean like there are like five adults five kids they're all great actors um one of them the girl is Leighton or the girl from um Gossip Girl Leighton Meester yeah yeah she's one of them but like the kids are amazing like I love the kid Graham like I we were we had very low expectations for it and just put it on because we didn't know what to watch and we're like this is really good I'm trying to think the last time I saw Leighton Meester in anything she had I was watching an episode of Entourage from like 2000 she was a girlfriend I was like oh my god it's her Uh, it's her yeah you recognize her (laughs) Sarah, you're the best. We appreciate you taking some time to spend with us today. I know it's been a long time. I know things have been different, but again, so happy you guys are finding ways to make this work and you guys are doing the best you can. And again, go support Night of County Tourism and check out everything they're up to. I'll put all the links uh, in the website for everything. Congratulations, Sam. You're very welcome to you and James. I love you guys. Uh, And let us know when this wedding is going to be, all right? Yeah, yeah. We'll get get it going. (laughs) Thank you so much. We really appreciate this. And yeah, like any attention and just talking about the county and all the good things people are doing. We appreciate it. You know how I feel about Oneida County, one of my favorite counties. All right. I love you, dear. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Hi, Sam. Thanks. chatting her up uh not accounting tourism.com i'll do all the links and stuff afterwards facebook instagram they're all over the place yeah great people always uh always really good with the web presence too yeah. that was one of the things i used to like you know we've talked about it in the show but i used to work with the united county tourism i was on the board of directors for a little while when i was doing the saranac job and it was really interesting to learn about the organization all the stuff they're doing it was crazy because even as somebody who prides yeah. myself on like knowledge of the area around here mm-hmm. and like what there is like things to do i still learned a ton learned about a lot of cool new places yeah. from doing that so i'm always thankful for that and thanks again for her thoughts on the weekend she thought it was great mm-hmm. she thought he did a great job <laughs> I, I thought he was fine uh all right <laughs> Uh, so I have one last Super Bowl related question I was going to ask you earlier and I totally forgot. Do you think mm. that Tom Brady is going to decline the offer to go meet Biden? He was good pals with Trump. Do you think he's going to say, no, nah, I'm not going to meet Biden? Oh, no way. Do you think he's going? No he doesn't way. care. Those are those are two guys who, have, whatever differences, perceived differences Twitter may think they have, whatever <laughs> it might be. Uh, one thing they can agree on is they would like to just get back to like being nice and chilling out. I think so. Those are two guys <laughs> who like to just like be nice and like, like oh, can you just be a little more casual? Uh, saying, oh, yeah, I'm sure. They'll get together. They'll have a laugh. Who's matter today? Kansas City Chiefs fans or Bill Belichick? Um, <laughs> oh, man, if I feel like, here's the thing. I'm not a huge football guy, as we talked about, but yeah. I, if I'm a Chiefs fan, I'm kind of annoyed. I feel like my team didn't come to like, play downer. at all. It was a downer. I don't know what was going on, but like they looked like beleaguered. I've heard a couple. Sure. I've heard a couple reasons for why Kansas. I air quoted that, but you can't hear. Mm-hmm. Uh, for why Kansas City lost, their offensive line wasn't very good. Mahomes was hurt or whatever. 
I don't know. They looked like they didn't have a game plan, if you ask me. It didn't look very... They looked like they were beat. Look like they got like they got beat in terms of game planning. Couldn't That's throw fair. the ball. Much like much like most of the Super Bowls, I think I actually watched like six plays altogether. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, all right, so that's it. No more Super Bowl. We're done. All right, on this day, history lessons instead. On no, this wait, day. more Super Bowl. <laughs> more Super Bowl. Um, I thought the lady who performed at the beginning, not the national anthem, but God Bless America or whatever it was, was that her or America the Beautiful with the guitar. Amazing. Awesome. Highlight of the show. I don't even by know her way. name. I don't I'm know. Trying to get out of history. And she was really <laughs> she good. Was really and it was good. crazy to see her play in the guitar, too. So shout out to her. No, she was very good. I don't know exactly who she was because I missed the, the intro and I'm mm. not up with the music of today. But she was great. She was amazing. All right, on this day, 1587, Mary, the Queen of Scots, was beheaded. Mm. Uh, in 1542, while just six days old. Mary ascended to the Scottish throne upon the death of her father, King James V. That doesn't make sense. Even back in 1587, they should have known. Six days old? Come on. Yeah. I, come on, guys. Can't be the queen if uh, you're six days old. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, her mother sent her to be raised in the French court, and in 1558, uh, 16 years later, she married the uh, a Frenchman who became King Francis II of France in 1559. But he died the following year. After Francis' death, Mary returned to Scotland to assume her designated role as the country's monarch. Uh, essentially what happened, though, and I won't go through all the details, she uh, she was caught up with a plot to uh, kill Queen Elizabeth I. And she got found out. She was plotting. Mm. Plotting against Queen Elizabeth, uh, even though her friend had taken her in when she'd come back. Yeah, plotting against her, man. It can't be plotting against your friends. No, that's the whole. That's like the whole Game of Thrones thing. Right? Yeah, the major murder plot was reported, and Mary was brought to trial. She was convicted for uh, complic- uh, complacency and sentenced to death. Mm. She was beheaded for treason on February eighth, fifteen eighty seven. Her son, King James the Sixth of Scotland, calmly accepted his mother's execution, and upon Queen Elizabeth's death in sixteen o three, he became the King of England, Scotland, and Ireland. So essentially, they were like, "Yo, King James." We're about to behead your mom because she's treasonous. Mm. If you just chill with it, you can be the king of everything in like 20 years. And he was yeah. like, absolutely. <laughs> I'm, here, I'm here for it. I mean, I, yeah, King James is like, listen, I know that my mother would not want to see her boy beheaded. So I'm going to elect to not be beheaded <laughs> along with it. <laughs> it's smart. It's a smart call. On this day, 1862, uh, Union General Ambrose Burnside scored a major victory when his troops captured Roanoke Island in North Carolina. Mm. It's one of the first major Union victories of the Civil War and gave the Yankees control of the mouth of the, uh, I'm going to screw this up, Albemarle Sound, allowing them to threaten the rebel capital of Richmond, Virginia, from the south. Mm. Uh, on January 11th, 1862, Burnside took a force of 15,000 uh, soldiers and uh, 80 ships uh, down to the Outer Banks of North Carolina. This mission arrived uh, in January 13th, but poor weather delayed the attack on February 7th. Burnside landed 10,000 troops on the island. They were met by about 2,500 Confederates. Burnside attacked, and this force overwhelmed the outer defenses of the island. Uh, Confederate commander Henry Shaw retreated to the north, and the island had no choice. Uh, and as a, the north end of the island had no choice but to escape. On February 8th, he surrendered his entire force. Uh, the Yankees suffered 37 men killed and 214 wounded. Out of 10,000, that's pretty good. I feel like it's a good ratio. Uh, Confederates lost 23 men and 62, but they had many less people. Again, bad ratio. Uh, before the surrender, Union now controlled a vast section of the coast, and this victory came two days after Ulysses S. Grant 
captured Fort Henry in northern Tennessee. So at this point in time in 1862, now the North is starting to feel optimistic for mm. the first time. Feeling good. General Burnside, obviously known for his uh, sideburns, which mm-hmm. is the name for what everyone remembers. Civil War. There you go. Civil War history. Let's move into the 90s, shall we? Mm. On this day, 1983, a gun... <laughs> <laughs> Should we move into the 90s? In 1983. Yeah. Like the 1990s. The 1900s, I suppose, <laughs> what I meant to say. <laughs> Gunmen steal the champion Irish racehorse Sugar from a stud farm owned mm. by uh, Aga Khan in County Kildrade, Ireland. I'm, I totally screw all that up. A mm. uh, five-year-old thoroughbred stallion named European Horse of the Year 1981 was worth $13.5 million and commanded stud fees of approximately $100,000. What a life, that horse. Uh, on the night of the heist, armed men arrived at the home of one of Shergan's grooms, uh, James Fitzpatrick, and forced him to lead them to the horse and help load it onto a trailer. Kidnappers dropped Fitzpatrick on a remote road later that night and demanded a ransom of more than $2 million. Negotiations with, uh, negotiations with the kidnappers were short-lived and fruitless. Uh, despite a highly publicized search for authorities, uh, Sugar was never seen again and no ransom was paid. The case was never solved, although there are a variety of theories about the identity of the kidnappers. The most popular one held is that the IRA uh, stole the animal in order to raise money for weapons, but ended up killing him in a panic because he was too difficult to handle. Former IRA member Sean O'Callaghan supported this theory in his book, The Informer. So there you go. Uh, stealing horses. What is it about horse racing? Is it the gambling aspect that leads it to so many, like, mafia stuff? There's a Goodfellas reference, you know, Godfather reference, yeah. Sopranos, talking about yeah, Irish mafia. Ma- money to be made. Gambling. Think about how much the- money there's to be made off horse racing. Yeah, ransom a horse. Pretty tough. Yeah. Well, I mean, horses are, are wildly expensive. That's why we haven't bought them. Wildly expensive. Why so we never got into horses. It's not a horse. It's just so expensive. <laughs> it's so expensive. The singular reason is that they're so... It's, you know, it's not even the horse is expensive, but you got to pay the upkeep. Stable fees. Stable fees. Yeah. I'm terrified of horses. It's just not feasible well. until I get my own stable. Yeah, you are scared of horses. I don't like horses. All right, now we'll move into the actual 1990s. On this day, 1994, that's the 90s, mm-hmm. uh, Jack Nicholson smashed a windshield in a fit of road rage. Uh, in a criminal lawsuit filed against the actor, Robert Blank, the pedestrian, stated that Jack Nicholson, then 56, approached Blank's Mercedes-Benz while he was stopped at a red light in North Hollywood. After accusing the other man of cutting him off in tra- uh, traffic, Nicholson used a golf club to bash the roof and windshield of Blank's car. Witness confirmed Blank's account of the incident, and misdemeanor charges of assault and vandalism were filed against Nicholson. Charges were dropped after Nicholson apologized, and the two reached an undisclosed settlement, which included a reported $500,000 check. $500K. Mm. Let's see. Hang on a second. So $500K. Dude said he was driving a Mercedes? Yeah. Mercedes cost what? Like... Uh, any vague to be, yeah, to me yeah it could be anything yeah especially back in 94 I don't really know so let's say at the very most he paid $100,000 for it like a super nice Mercedes yeah no no way no yeah, way he did yeah. yeah so $400,000 for pain and suffering is a pretty good deal <laughs> yeah <laughs> pretty good closer deal. to 450 450 yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Nicholson later expressed regret about the incident in an interview with Us Magazine calling it a shameful incident in his life he explained that he had lost a close friend recently and that he was great and under a great deal of stress shooting his most recent movie, The Crossing Guard. Kev, do you remember The Crossing Guard? No. I do not either. Uh, in, he later discussed the incident, though, in a 2007 interview with Golf Guy, uh, Digest where he was slightly lighter about the subject. I'm going to do my best to do Nicholson here. I was on my way to the course, and in the midst of this madness, I somehow knew what I was doing because when I reached into my trunk specifically chose a two iron which i never use (laughs) 
So there you go. So he thought it was funny in 2007. So you got to deal with the guy. I guess you could laugh about it years later. <coughs> this wasn't the last time Nicholson's volatile persona made news. Legendary fan of the Los Angeles Lakers professional basketball team, Nicholson has more than once been threatened with ejection from his courtside seats because he argued or shouted at the game's referees. Uh, BBC News reported that he was almost ejected from a Lakers playoff game against the Spurs in 2003 after he yelled at the game's referee for calling a third foul on Shaquille O'Neal. Mm. Uh, this incident occurred uh, shortly after the release of his latest movie, Anger Management. Hilarious. Mm. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I, I'm sure this guy's fine, but I would love to have a celebrity do some shit like this to me. Like, oh, oh god. my god, please hit my... Especially if it's somebody great like Jack Nicholson. I don't even need 500,000. Give me 100,000, but let me come to, like, let three parties at your me. house. Yo, let me Let's, sit like, courtside. be friends. Let's sit, let me sit courtside with I'll you. Your, I'll, I'll work for you. Give me yo, a job, Jack Nicholson. Yo, Jack Nicholson is a job. Is your boss. That'd be pretty wild. That'd be, they, they could make a series right out of that. Like, you get a job just hired, you know, just to be for... You can't do Jack Nicholson. He's a little too old. I don't think he'd do a Netflix no. series. No. DiCaprio. DiCaprio had a freak out. He started smashing. Not old smashing. enough yet. Not old enough. He's got the Lakers tickets, too, though. Uh, that's true. I'm trying to like think those Lakers tickets. Who goes to Knicks games? Who's a celebrity who goes to Knicks games? Spike Lee? Spike Lee smashed my car? Yeah, I think like those guys from Impractical Jokers. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Amaro. Uh, all right. On this day... 2006, the quote-unquote final episode of Arrested Development aired on Fox TV. Uh, Arrested Development, which was narrated by Ron Howard uh, and starring a great cast. I think this is the key about Arrested Development, and you go back and watch it it's now. It's key about every great comedy. Such a good cast. Bateman, uh, Jeffrey Tambor, uh, Jessica Walter, Will Arnett, uh, Portia de Rossi, David Cross, Tony Hale, Michael Cera, uh, Elia Shawkat. All great in this show. All mm. of them are great. I guess Porsche's okay in the later one. She's not very good. She looks weird in the later episodes because she got too much mm. surgery. Yeah, yeah sometimes off. you see it looked like uh, Jason Alexander in the Super Yo. Bowl commercial. Yeah, it was tough. So where nobody believes that you're like 37 you're anymore. Just let it go. Let it go. Uh, in 2004, Arrested Development won Emmy Awards for directing, writing, casting, and outstanding comedy series. Uh, Jason Bateman also won a Golden Globe for Best Actor in a TV Series. Critics loved the show, and fans loved it, and it had terrible ratings <laughs> from, like, from the outkeep. Uh, terrible ratings for 2000s era, by the way, because I think a lot of shows would be happy to get, like, 4 million viewers weekly now. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, don't, I think that's, like, a number that has kind of changed in the last 10 years. Yeah, for sure. Uh, they renewed it for a second season, but shortened it to only 18 episodes. Um, they made jokes about that during the season. Uh, they did lose 2 million viewers during the third season. Uh, there was talk about doing an HBO show or a Showtime series. Uh, they ended up with another series on Netflix, which came out in 2013, and then they did another season in 2018. Kev, did you think we... Do we need it after we watched it? The Arrested Development, season four and five? Um, I was happy to have it. I feel like I was a little disappointed by it. It's in the moment. I've gone back and watched it now, and it's not so bad. But I, think, yeah. I, I feel like in the moment I didn't like it. I don't know if I allowed myself to have high enough hopes for it, for it to let me down. Like, I, did. I I didn't have any illusions. I don't think that it was going to be as, like, kinetic and wildly amazing as those first, like, you know, the real, real high parts of those mm. first couple seasons or whatever. Um, so, yeah, it was, it's always nice to see people get back out and mix it up. I don't have a lot of thoughts on these shows. I just thought, here's, here's a list for you folks. And these are 19-ish shows that were canceled before their time. If you have any thoughts on any of these shows, Kev, please mm. let me know because I don't have a thoughts on a ton of them. Firefly, you familiar with that show? People love Firefly. People love Firefly. People on the internet go nuts for Firefly. I don't know a damn thing about Not that a thing about of that. It. Uh, Josh Whedon is the only thing I know about it. So yeah. if you like, yeah. 
Uh, High Fidelity, starring Zoe Kravitz, which was on, uh, I want to say that was... Oh, people like that. People like that show. uh, Hulu. Hulu, yep. Yeah, yeah. The OA, which is a show that shows up on all of these lists. I've never really heard of it. People say it's great. They love the OA. It's some, like, sci-fi thing. Yeah, that's what I've heard, too. I think people are gone. They come back, maybe. True Calling. Never heard of it. Eliza Dushku. Anyone? I like Dushku. I like Dushku. Pitch. You ever heard of a show called Pitch? People like that. How about Sense8? It's like a Netflix thing. Oh, people like that. Uh, Heroes, Mer Heroes on NBC. That was I a thing. Do. Yeah, yeah, that was them for just a minute. That was a thing. <laughs> uh, what else do we got on this list? Some stuff I've never heard of. Ooh, Santa Clarita Diet. I feel like that was hot for a second. Mm. People liked. Much like a lot of Netflix things, where it's just like, yeah, people want about two to three seasons of it, then they move on. Show on Fox called Star. Never heard of it. Show on Netflix called Annie with an E. Anne mm. with an E. Sure. Luke Cage. Look. They're going to put all these Marvel Netflix shows on here. Mm. The only one that was worth watching is Jessica Jones. Avoid the rest. They're fine. They're not that good. I don't and know why. That's coming from you. Yeah. It's Who, coming like, from me. But I'm like somebody who's got, you've got more rope than the average person for like, maybe I'll take a swing on an outside people, Marvel. People will sit here and try and tell you that Daredevil's worth watching. I'm going to tell you I couldn't get through it. I thought it was slow. I didn't buy it. I don't know. Jessica Jones is an actually affecting story about like trauma. And about, like, PTSD and friendship. It's a pretty well-thought-out show for, yeah. for a superhero show. So, whatever. Uh, Freaks and Geeks, which I feel like is going to get a huge revival because it just came on one of the platforms. Mm. It's on, like, Netflix or something. Makes sense. I feel like you're going to see a lot of people talk about that show. And then My So-Called Life. People love that show in it's hindsight. Uh, I think that's all I got here. Veronica Mars, didn't watch it. Community, not my scene. And that's it. So, there you go. So, they missed the show Jericho. Jericho, you guys love Jericho. Yeah, we do. Um, also, there was a show I really liked called The Black Donnellys. The Black Donnelly, I remember there that. Was, there was like a season, season and a half of that. Uh, that was really good. They got canceled. I also used to like the show Boston Public, where they were teachers in a Boston public hmm. school. And that was Boston public time too. That's my list. Yeah, but Chief McBride is the principal. Uh, I'm a. I was sad that they canceled Terra Nova, which was the sci-fi show about the planet with the dinosaurs on it. Remember oh, that one? Yeah, you love that show. <laughs> that show is terrible. You like any show with dinosaurs? No, that show sucked. No, uh, I'm trying to fan. think. You loved it. Was there? I mean, I mean, the obvious one is Deadwood, but that's like a famous. Like they shouldn't have canceled it because it was a good show. But that was canc- so no, no, nobody knows what Deadwood is. That was famously like. We didn't have money, HBO mm. said at the time. That this is like before Game of Thrones, right? right? So like they didn't have quite the money to commit to a full like set piece, like uh, you know, yeah, thing yeah. like that. It was a shame. That was a great show. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's move on to a section I'm calling "Pranks Gone Wrong," okay. "Kids Gone Wild," whatever you want to call it. Uh, not "Kids Gone Wild." No, let's that's go. not what I want to call it. <laughs> so we'll go, prank, we'll go "Pranks Gone Wrong." Uh, they do both involve young folks, which is why I brought it up. A man was fatally shot on Friday night in a parking lot in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, after performing a quote-unquote prank robbery for a YouTube video gone wrong. Uh, Timothy Wilkes, 20 years old, and a friend were carrying butcher knives when they allegedly approached a group of people outside Urban Air Trampoline and Adventure Park as part of a YouTube stunt. Mm. Uh, When they arrived in the scene, uh, the gentleman who thought he was being assaulted... Uh, immediately started firing at these dudes who were walking on him with butcher knives. Yeah. Uh, police are investigating whether he acted in self-defense. At the time of writing, no charges have been filed. Similar pranks on YouTube have ranked in thousands, even millions of views. Last August, TikTok and YouTube stars uh, Alex and Alan Stokes were, alleged, were arrested and charged with false imprisonment and falsely reporting an emergency after they allegedly staged two fake bank robberies for a video. What a terrible idea for... What's the idea of your prank here? What's your... 
We're gonna walk up to somebody with a butcher. Like, I don't understand that classification of people doing mean stuff and then calling it pranks to uh, avoid like taking responsibility for their actions, kind of thing. Yeah, well, uh, we're gonna call this a prank, but no, you're just like being awful and scaring somebody. You know, like that's not a prank, really. That's just like being mean, but then being like, oh, yeah. you can't yell at me for being mean. It was just a prank, bro. Just a prank, bro. Nah. Uh, if you think that this is only an American problem, last week a group of teenagers outside of a store in Bradford, England, were apparently offering hand sanitizer to people. Unfortunately, the hand sanitizer bottle was full of super glue, which is a really shitty prank. Like, yeah. oh, that's a really, really shitty prank. Mm-hmm. That, that's one of the worst. That's terrible. Uh, all right, so let's let's move on to something a little bit lighter. Um, let's go to, I guess it's sort of light. I guess this is like, I'm calling this the Lil section because both mm. stories refer to people with Lil in their name. Uh, first one, <laughs> it's true. This is a little bit of news. Just trying to keep my sections straight. <laughs> yeah, uh, so earlier this week it was, it was announced that rapper Lil Uzi Vert mm. uh, got a $24 million natural rock pink diamond implanted in his forehead as a fashion statement, I suppose. Mm. Uh, Beauty is Pain, the 26-year-old captions an Instagram video which shows him with the huge pink diamond embedded in his forehead. Mm. Uh, it's outrageous. It's wild. I mean... I could have got some of that super glue hand sanitizer. Yo, this just <laughs> put a little dab. <laughs> he spent four years, the last four years, paying for this $24 million diamond. I mean... Uh, the the meme that everyone was putting on the internet was that thing of Thanos ripping this the thing out of yeah. out of uh, Vision's Correct. head and <laughs> right. Correct. My man's gonna get that ripped off his head, right? I, 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 you're asking for it. I, yeah, you're asking for trouble. Yeah, you're... I'm never trying to wear twenty four million dollars. If I had twenty four million dollars, you wouldn't see my face, mm-hmm. let alone no. me wear nope. that twenty four million dollars nope. on my face. <laughs> uh, so yeah, there you go. So that's the first one. Uh, the second one, uh, which I just learned before this, uh, is rapper Liliati is developing a movie deal based on the card game Uno with him in the lead role. Kevin, how do you turn Uno into a movie? Mm. I don't know. I know that Uno is popular with the kids yeah. and the youth. It's There's very probably a way. I have a theory about this, okay? okay? It's a movie about like an Uno tournament. You see what I'm saying? It's not yeah. a movie about Uno necessarily. Like, oh, we're gonna something like that. Yeah, yeah. we're gonna go to the world's Uno high cutthroat Uno tournament. Uno is a verb, but not a noun. I see. Yeah, that's what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Like we're gonna go. Like, like Lil Yachty goes to the oh. the highest stakes illegal YouTube uh, Uno tournament, like underground Uno. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like Fight Club style. I don't think so. No, I don't, you know, maybe, you don't like it. Maybe I think it's gonna be a little more. Um, a little more conceptual than that. Even if they mm. do that, they'll make it a little more weird. I think, like, a lot of these, like, if you listen to, like, this guy's music and a lot of the stuff in mm. the style and the scene that it comes from, there, I feel like there's going to be more surrealism. Uh, it's going to be a little more yeah. drenched in that kind of thing. Some, I really don't know what to expect, but Uno seems like a weird one. Uh, a little Uno news here for you. Conceived in 1971 in a barber shop in Cincinnati, Ohio, Uno was created as a way for families to spend time together and quickly became a household stable. Five decades later, it has played in more than 80 countries uh, mm. in celebration of this year's 50th anniversary of Uno. Uh, Mattel is releasing one of the brand's largest product lines, offering new twists on gameplay. It's planning a global Uno tournament. <laughs> See, he's talking about it. 
Uh, and mm. Now, this is the part that makes me laugh. Uno joins other Mattel films in the works based on American Girl, Barbie, Hot Wheels. Okay, all those make sense to a certain extent to me. Magic 8-Ball? How do you make a Magic 8-Ball movie? Oh, that's simple. The haunted Magic 8-Ball yeah, is haunted. haunted or psychic. Uh, or it's kind of, yeah, no, that's a piece of cake. Masters of the Universe. I mean, uh, isn't sure. That, I don't even know what that that's is. That's He-Man. Oh, okay. Uh, Thomas and Friends and Viewmaster. How do you, so Viewmaster is the, Thomas. That's the that's the train. Yeah. So let that's me easy. let me give you. Here, so here's your options. You're the director, okay? American Girl, Barbie, mm. Hot Wheels, Magic Eight Ball, He Man, Thomas, Viewmaster. Mm. Which of these do you want? They're like you can have any of these products. What are you making a movie out of? Because I feel like the answer is Viewmaster. Mm. Yeah, see, that's pretty easy. Haunted Viewmaster, you could do like an It Wasn't Stranger it just like Things. The movie Oculus. Sure. But you could do like a Stranger Things kind of vibe where these kids get the Viewmaster and it like projects them into an altered dimension or something. Just copy Stranger Things full full stop. <laughs> or It. Right? Yeah. That's the movie you make with Viewmaster. No, no, give me the Magic 8 Ball. The Magic 8 Ball knows the answer to everything. But so because oh. of that, governments and civilizations oh. go to war with each other. Magic 8 Ball as Power Stones. You know what I mean? Kind of situation. Is that, is that not the sequel to Ready Player One? I think that is. What I think that's also just Transformers <laughs> as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and last piece of news this week. I just got. I had to talk about this guy. There's a guy in Nottingham, England, walking around dressed as the Joker. He was jailed this week for attacking a man with a bowling ball. That's right. This man, known as the Nottingham Joker, has convicted over 110 offenses uh, since he started doing this in December 2019. Uh, I'm sorry, in December 2019, he attacked a man who was collecting a television. Uh, he also dropped a bowling ball on a man, fracturing his skull and causing a brain hemorrhage. Jesus. My question is this. This doesn't seem like a hard guy to find. He's on the streets, dressed <laughs> like the Heath Ledger Joker. How is it possible that no one... Is he the real Joker? How is it that nobody caught him? I don't understand. They don't have a Batman. There is no Nottingham Batman. I yeah, see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah man. Wild. The the Nottingham Joker. The balls you must have. Look at this idiot. There's a picture of him walking around Nottingham dressed like the Joker. He looks like a maniac. See, once, he looks like a madman. I feel like I may, maybe it's an English thing, and I don't know, because the English will fight, but like, I, I got to think if that was happening around here, and once it was proven once or twice that this guy had done something, it's like, yep, it's this guy, the Joker. Here, imagine if this was like Rainbow. Here yeah. in Utica. Yeah. Imagine if Rainbow was dropping bowling balls and attacking people. One or two times after they see him, there would be a citizen's arrest, like Richard Ramirez Night Stalker style. <laughs> I, yeah, no, I don't know. Yeah. Lock him up. Lock him up. Lock up the Joker. Uh, sorry. So let's do, uh, we'll do Mailbag. I got some, uh, let's do some mixtape first. Uh, Kevin, what songs are you highlighting this week on the Uticast mixtape? For February 8th. Uh, the songs that I am going to highlight this week. I'll do two of them. Uh, the first one, I put Baby Britain by your boy Elliot Smith hey, on Elliot there. Smith. I was reading a really nice retrospective about Elliot Smith this weekend. Yeah. I was digging back through some stuff. Great artist. And I had kind of... There's a really, really good Bayside cover mm-hmm. of Baby Britain that I've listened to so much over the years that I kind of forget about the Elliot Smith version because uh, there's so many other songs I reach for, but there's a lot of stuff I keep off because he's such a foundational guy for you guys, for mm-hmm. you. Yeah, yeah. It's like the low-hanging fruit, you know what I mean? Uh, so I put that one on there because I've been listening to him and that a little bit this week. Um, and then also because of your boy, the weekend, 
this weekend. I didn't want to put a weekend song on right. there because there were none of them where I was really like, this is what I want to do. But I put something off that Umphreys McGee uh, mashup album they do where they do, it's called Can't Rock My Dream Face. Yeah. It's the Michael Jackson song with the weekend song with the Fleetwood Mac song all played together as a track. Uh, that's pretty good. That's good. Like that's good. Like background out there, yeah. like just around the house, half listening music. There you it's go. Like the radio fading in and out. Uh, I'm gonna put an Elliott Smith song on here now that you put one on, since we'll do okay. the Elliott Smith thing. Uh, and if this is the right version, I picked a song called "A Distorted Reality Is Now a Necessity to Be Free," mm. <laughs> mm. Uh, which is, uh, I, you know, Elliott Smith. I always joke that I'm not sad enough anymore for Elliott Smith. Mm. Uh, but like, I I loved. Smith like there was I was yeah. so sad and I was so like ready for it at that yeah. time in my life I don't know why I just was right you're, just, you're sad when you're young sometimes for dumb shit and I loved all those albums the, so cra- the craftsmanship of the music is still yeah. so stunning that I've always been able to kind of put up a wall between my own emotions and the music's emotions I think to still like find a way to that's why I still like a lot of bands that I used to like back in the day where like I'm not mad at my high school yeah. girlfriend anymore but yeah I still like this chorus yeah you know Dead I mean? is a good it's band still catchy yeah. Uh, uh, yeah I would say that also Figure 8 by Elliot Smith the first real vinyl album I bought for myself. Yeah, really, sense. like I was like, I gotta go buy this on. That vinyl. would be yeah. that's that would practically be a Mount Rushmore album yeah. for you in yeah. foundational albums. Mm-hmm. Even if it's not, even if you wouldn't put there for favorites now for foundational. No, for sure, foundational would sure. have to be. And then the other track uh, is because I got retweeted by the Ringer earlier this week uh, because of this song. Should have led with that. I should have led with that. I know the Ringer retweeted. So we're now technically kind of on the Ringer. We're on the staff, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so they put up a question this week, which we should have asked last week. Great question. If you had to wake up on Groundhog's Day, mm. uh, like in the movie Groundhog Day, what song would you be able to hear every single day? Right in the movie, it's uh, "I Got You, Babe" in Groundhog Day. Like he mm. wakes up every morning. And it's Groundhog Day. It's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said. Black Cow by Steely Dan, and that got a retweet. So I put the song Black Cow by Steely Dan on because that's my Groundhog Day song. Is, there you go. Uh, is, I could do that every day, and I wouldn't be mad about it. be totally mm. fine. So there you go. Those are my two tracks for this week. Want to do a mailbag before we leave? Always. All right, mailbag questions for the week. I have three. We'll do two of them. Okay, we started last week with what state has the worst shape. We're going to continue with our state questions here. We're going to continue very yeah. scientifically... This one's different, though. What is the least hated populous state? Everyone hates Florida, New Jersey, Texas, New York. What states do people like? What are the most popular states? Mm. What are the least hated states? I would say it's probably something real inoffensive, right? Like, uh... I, know, I feel like North Carolina has a really high approval rating from people. Like everyone North, says it's the best. North Carolina has been getting a little froggy. A little recent froggy years. recently. South Carolina is sort of taking over some of that. Uh-huh. Georgia rising. Georgia. Georgia's On the way up. up Atlanta. Yeah. Colorado coming up. Uh, um, everyone, everyone loves Colorado, actually. I don't know anyone who's like, fuck people in Colorado. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Oregon and Washington are a bit of the come up, but they got you know some of that weird woods people thing going on. Um, any place like that, I think you'll see people tend to like, I've never heard anybody really say too much bad about Maine. Vermont, Maine, that area up there. People like it, like getting up yeah, into New deep Hampshire. New England. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, just, like, all the states where a lot of people live are always going to get hated. New York, Boston, no, Massachusetts, all well, those kind of like. it's a lot easier to have an yeah. idea of people. I mean, I hear, I know people who I hear say it every day where they like have this idea in their head made up of what California's like and they've never been anywhere near it or what like oh it's chicago like it's easier when you're a big place with a lot of people you know like texas or something to make up your idea that everybody is you know yosemite sam (laughs) right uh and here's the last question for the week you are stuck in an elevator do you want to be stuck in the elevator alone Mm. or do you want to be stuck in the elevator 
with people. So there's two scenarios here mm. for this I can see in my head. One, if you're in there with a person, they might have an idea that you wouldn't have thought of for how you get out of this particular scenario, mm. right? Maybe you get a little, uh, little assistance if you have to, like, open the door or, I don't know, whatever you have to do, right? Yeah. If you're in there by yourself, you can freak out and not feel like a weirdo. Be smashing all the buttons, like, hey, hey, scream at you! You know what I mean? Like, you can really make a scene and not mm-hmm. feel like people will be like, stop, or nothing's gonna come and save you. You know what I mean? Or whatever it is, right? So, I don't know. I feel like I, I feel like I kind of want to be with somebody. The longer I'm in there by myself, I start thinking this is like a Twilight Zone or the movie Devil or something. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, stuck in here forever I by think, myself well, and no one's gonna save me. So, here's my thing. I think when you say it, Stuck in there with other people can be such a bro. Like, we talking about one other person, we talking about five other people. Because I'm not trying to be stuck in an elevator with five people. No, it's too many people. Too many people, too, too many much people. space. Yeah. So, what are you, just one other person? Do you know this person? Do you not know this person? Can't be you know alone. what I mean? You can't, I, I couldn't be alone. I would go crazy thinking that I was going to be stuck there by lose myself. Cell phone reception. You're in you an elevator, so. Like, I'm, I'm riding enough long okay, elevators. Yeah, to I don't know. know. Because like if you can stay on the phone, stay if somebody's yelling down to me, I'm all right. You know what I mean? If that kind of thing um, depends how long, I would probably rather be stuck with one other person I know. Given I could pick it being a person who I would trust to not like lose their shit too quickly. I'm thinking about this also from the subway perspective because it's not that different. If I was stuck on a subway car and it wasn't moving. Would I rather be on the car by myself or would I want to have people in the car? I still think I'd rather have people in the car. Subway car, certainly. Subway <laughs> car is a hell of a lot bigger than an elevator cell. Uh, yeah, especially because the power goes off in the subway when the train stops. So if you're in that car by yourself and the lights go off, that's when uh, Slenderman and all them type exactly. characters show that, up, that right? That's my exact Like Blair, yeah, Blair Witch and, and shit. And also, yeah. here's the Blair Witch of the subway. <laughs> um, also, because here's my thing, too. Elevators come in many, 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 many shapes yeah. and sizes. Yep. I've been in some elevators... Where it's only comfortable for me and like two other people. Like if you go down mm-hmm. to a hotel Utica downtown, it has very small elevators because they're very old. And I've been in there trying to load gear in, and you can only fit one person, like a couple pieces of gear. Stuck in something like that where I can't comfortably like sit and stretch my legs out would be tough. Yeah. Stuck in that with other people where like you have to stand and can barely move would be a nightmare. Yeah, it sounds terrible. Uh, all right, that's it. Mailbag questions over for the week. Thank you once again to Sarah. Foster, go check out Nida County Tourism, OCT events. They're all over the place. I'll link Instagram, Facebook, all those things. Uh, at the end, shout out to Heather Waz, uh, whatever she's up to. Just shout out to her. Hope she's doing good. Uh, yeah, I think Chicago next week. So mm. we'll see what goes Chicago on. Chicago next week, this week? Next week, this week. Mm. <laughs> Sometime this week, later this week. Uh, at any moment, you can At any moment, I can leave. I can leave right now, now that the show's over. I see you grabbing your keys, putting on your jacket. Hey, I'm headed to Chicago. I'll be back. Uh, all right. I mean, that's it. Sayonara, humanoids. Uh, Keep it tight. Woodstock lives. We are on Facebook, Instagram, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Podcasts, Spotify. We're taking over the web. Uh, The tape machines are rolling. We are desperately, desperately out of time. And we will see you next week for another episode of the Uticast. And we'll be here. You'll get an episode. Thank you so much. All right, bye. (laughs) Bye.